Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. Hey you, do you find it a challenge to maintain your boundaries? Do you feel the need to answer the phone in the middle of the day? Talk to the kids despite being in the bathroom? Are you defending your homeschool choice to your in-laws or defending your specific homeschool curriculum choice to another homeschool mom? Feeling like you need to make everybody happy around you even though you aren't addressing the things that you need. So many ways for us as homeschool parents to feel like we don't instill and maintain boundaries. Recently, I offered an intensive on building and maintaining boundaries. Hot topic. Building and maintaining boundaries in our homeschool world can be awfully challenging. But more on boundaries in a moment. First, I want to invite you to our next Homeschool Mama book club. This month's book club is a discussion of the book, The Not-So-Big Life by Sarah Susanka. The Not-So-Big Life is a book from my Homeschool Mama reading list that helps me simplify and focus my homeschool existence. Every December, I use the questions at the back of her book to evaluate my last year and hone my intentions towards my next year. In fact, I have an episode of her questions from Season 1 titled, Join the 5-Day 2021 Homeschool Vision Challenge. So that was released December 2020, and I will again release a similar vision challenge in the end of December, because this is such a powerful way to frame our homeschool existence. I've chosen this book, Sarah Susanka's book, as a discussion point in how to simplify our homeschools. I also had the privilege of interviewing Sarah Susanka on the final episode of season one of this podcast. She wrote in her book, The Not-So-Big Life, Making Room for What Really Matters. A not-so-big life is one in which you learn to listen to what your heart longs to do and to integrate these passions into your everyday life. When you engage what you're truly passionate about, you're automatically present in what you're doing. You're showing up completely in each moment. Life becomes a natural expression of your true nature. A not-so-big life gives you more room to breathe and to engage the things you really love. You'll find more vitality and meaningfulness and that sense of being at home in your life. What a conversation we had. So join us this Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to discuss the principles from this powerful book that will help us simplify our homeschool intentions. 
And do you have a friend who would benefit from this discussion? Let them know, and I'll see you there. Today's episode is sponsored by the Homeschool Mama Retreat. This retreat offers nurturing for the nurturer, a four-week Homeschool Mama mentoring program where we dig deep to determine what you need and uncover practical tools to help take care of you so you can nurture you while you're nurturing your homeschooled kids too. And a quick note to ask if you would consider supporting me in continuing this podcast. If you are able to support me for just the price of a cup of coffee, would you head over to the podcast show notes at www.capturingthecharmlife.com and you'll find a buy me a coffee link. Everyone tells you that podcasting is a whole lot of work and they're right. It does take a whole lot of work, but I gotta say, I really love encouraging you. I love being part of the conversations with you to encourage you. So if you are able for the price of the coffee to support me, I would be most appreciative. Recently, I received kind words from a lovely homeschool mama that I've been encouraging. She said, oh my goodness, Teresa, I just want to begin by saying I feel so seen. All of these topics have been swirling around in my mind, sort of meshed together. I just signed up for a time slot and tried to narrow discussion points, which feels impossible. They all resonate so much, and I'm so looking forward to connecting with you again. Me too. I love our conversations. I love the conversations that I have with her and the other homeschool mamas that I can walk beside. If you're interested in having a homeschool mom walk alongside you to dig deep and explore your challenges, you can email me at TeresaWiedrich at Outlook.com. That's W-I-E-D-R-I-C-K. What's been happening in your homeschool? This is what has been happening in mine. I've been doing a lot less, or at least I've been trying to do a lot less, because if you know me, that is a challenge in itself, doing a lot less. I recently had eye surgery, and I will again this week, and this has made my typical homeschool routine way more challenging to maintain, which requires me to practice my flexibility muscle, which could probably get a lot more strengthened. And it requires me to be honest with myself, self-aware, and identify what I really need. And I've learned that what I really need is to spend less time in front of a screen typing, writing, talking, chatting, watching, all the things, because my eyes actually need to rest. So I purchased an Audible offering by James Clear, the New York Times bestselling book, Atomic Habits. If I can't read a book, I'm going to listen to the book. So what's been happening in your homeschool? I'd love to hear about it. You can jump on over to the Facebook support group or on Instagram, or you can email me from one homeschool mama to another. I encourage you to take care of yourself. If or when you're having a big moment in your homeschool, like moving to a new state or province or city, you have a baby being born, or maybe you're in the midst of a separation or divorce, or you fill in the blank, there are a few this year. We need to be accepting of the challenges that are as they are. We need to allow for big emotions in us and in our kids. We need to be as present with our kids and ourselves as we can. And when we're not, 
Be kind to ourselves then too. We need to journal time for grieving if that's necessary. Or check in with your needs by scheduling a mindful moment in the day. Or doing daily meditation. Or journaling. I encourage you to accept that kids are always learning despite you. So don't feel distressed that they're maybe not learning because you didn't pull out workbooks or other resources that you normally do. In my six-month experience, my six months of radical unschooling, I noticed my kids were still learning despite me. Perhaps if you have a chance in the middle of your day to speak aloud to a voice memo or to journal, and if you really are concerned that your kids aren't learning, maybe you could write down the learning activities that you actually have seen your child do that day, because kids are always learning. Okay, are you ready to chat about building boundaries? Let's go. We homeschool mamas have a unique challenge and privilege all at the same time. We signed up to be with our children. We might need a little quiet in our homes at times. We might need some time away from our kids. We might need a clean house in order to feel sane. (laughs) Those are all challenges. Boundaries though are simply this. You respect yourself and expect others to respect you also. Why build boundaries? The boundaries you maintain around your energy, your needs, and your goals will help you maintain your peace, your quiet, cleanliness, and organization, and help build into you energy, fuel to do this homeschool thing. Boundaries help you honor your needs. They influence how you show up in relationships. They help you prevent burnout and resentment. They help protect us from unhealthy interactions. They prevent us from sapping our energy. They help us get our needs met. They help other people get their needs met too. They affect how eager we are to engage our kids. They influence how satisfied we are in our homeschool days. They're necessary for our kids as much as they are for us. We teach our kids what to expect in relationships, how to engage respectfully, and how to get their needs met too. And we increase our overall satisfaction in our homeschool days. So if, in my interpretation of the definition of boundaries, we are to respect ourselves and expect others to respect us too, do you respect you? Are you taking on an identity or a role that's actually reflective of you, not just what other people's opinions are of what you should be taking on? Do you honor your emotional atmosphere? acknowledging and accepting you in the emotional climate and how you really do engage emotionally in your world. How do you speak to yourself? With kindness? With judgment? With shame? Who do you surround yourself with and why do you surround yourself with those people? 
Do you have space for quiet and separateness? Do you make sure that you're mentally recharging on a regular basis? Do you have space just to learn about you and to grow? Because we're always growing. So let's get practical. What boundaries do we actually need? Well, this discussion is variable. What you might need and what I might need might not be the same. What boundary I place in my life and what boundary you place in your life might not be the same. But have you done an assessment? What are your boundaries around interruptions in your day? When kids wanted to share one little thing about their Lego build or one more thing about the dream that they had last night. We always want to be listening to our kids, but there are times where we have to be fully present doing something else. What is our boundary around those moments? What about those moments when we're on the toilet? Do we have full conversations when we're in the bathroom? What about the telephone? When do we choose to answer the telephone or to respond to the text? Do we do it after our homeschool day? Do we do it at a specific time of the day? Are people aware of our boundaries around that? Do you have boundaries around your alone time? Those very precious, very few moments of separate time. Do you have specific boundaries around them? Do you have boundaries specifically around your morning quiet time or a few evening moments away? Do you have boundaries around your valuables, the things that are tangible and are important to you? Do you have boundaries around how you want to be spoken to? Are you also maintaining those boundaries around how you speak to others? Do you have boundaries around work that perhaps you're doing at home while you're homeschooling or volunteer work? Are you creating specific boundaries around that time? You might have specific boundaries that I haven't even mentioned on this list. I would love to hear what you would add to this list. So head over to the show notes page at capturingthecharmedlife.com and share your thoughts on what other boundaries you would include in your homeschool. You can press record on the SpeakPipe app halfway down the post Share your name, how many kids you're homeschooling, and generally where you're from. And I'd love to hear what boundaries are important for you in your homeschool. Okay, you want to do a quick boundary assessment? Grab your journal and a pen. And if anything twigs your thoughts that perhaps this is a theme in your life, then you'll know if you have a boundary challenge. Got your pen? Got your journal? Okay, so answer these questions. Do you hate letting people down? I don't know anybody that doesn't hate letting other people down. We all want to make other people happy, but there's a difference between feeling like I couldn't possibly let someone down and I feel disappointed that I let them down. Do you find yourself keeping the peace? instead of saying the truth. Do you feel burned out? Like you're doing too much 
for too many people. Do you say yes when you don't want to hurt someone? Do you feel guilt when caring for yourself? Do you struggle to make decisions? Do you give away too much of your time? Do you feel responsible for other people's happiness? I know that was a huge challenge for me. In fact, it's still my default setting as an Enneagram type two. I like making people happy. I like infusing their world with increasing freedom, but I am not responsible for other people's happiness. I've had such challenges with boundaries in my own world, something that took me years, decades, to instill practically in my day-to-day. Something that I garnered as a child was very much, I need to make people around me happy, keep the peace, prevent calamity and conflict as much as I could. And as a firstborn child in a family fraught with a lot of trauma and trouble and conflict, I worked very hard to do just that. I tried to do that in my marriage, in my relationships with friends. I tried to do that with when I worked as a registered nurse before I had children. I tried to do that everywhere I went. And you can guess, I brought that into my homeschool too. If a child needs me, I'm on it. It's really hard to see how that isn't wrong. Of course, your child needs you. Therefore, of course, you need to address their need. Yes, but also no. First, we need to address our own needs. We need to address our own boundaries in our life. And when we do that, as Brene Brown says, the most boundary people are also the most compassionate people. These are the things that I've learned about instilling boundaries. My boundary mantras. People pleasing isn't your goal. Why invest the time to people please anyway? Because whether you people please or you don't people please, people will still not like you. Someone dear to me once said, but I'm nice, so people should always like me. And I've learned that some people don't like other people because they're nice. Everyone won't always like everyone. Is our goal to be liked or is our goal to do the thing we were meant to do with kindness and respect, of course. Another boundary mantra is that other people's opinions of you don't define you. If you are looking to learn who you are, what your identity is, you do not want to look into the eyes of another person. Oh, you certainly will learn what other people think about you when you are in relationship with other people honestly, authentically, and vulnerably. And sometimes it's valuable feedback. But their opinion of you doesn't define you. Another boundary mantra 
is that you get to choose your relationships. Yes, we are placed in family relationships, in a community perhaps. We don't get to decide bloodlines, but we do get to decide who we are having a relationship with. I've also learned that you don't have to relate to others in ways that aren't comfortable. Well, there's a difference between comfort and familiarity. Just because there's a certain way that you have learned is a familiar way to relate to another person does not mean that you have to relate that way. Take yelling as an example, an easy one. No mom that I know thinks yelling is an appropriate way to engage her kid. But note to self, most of us do it at some point and we all regret it and we all want to work to do it differently. To engage our kids in a moment of our frustration differently. We all want to show up without yelling. Just because it's a familiar way of engaging our kids doesn't mean that we should be doing it. You don't have to relate to others in ways that aren't comfortable, even if they're familiar. You get to decide how you're going to relate and how you allow other people to relate to you. But I have learned also that you, in instilling your boundaries, are responsible to hear and to really listen to other people. And man, can this be difficult at times to actually listen to their subtext, to listen beyond the actual words they're saying, or even more difficult, to listen beyond the tone in which they are speaking. In instilling our boundaries, we still need to be responsible to hear and to listen to what other people are really saying. In instilling boundaries, I have learned that you do not have to agree with other people's stories about you, and you definitely do not need to agree to engage in shame, blame, or condescension. You can expect to be heard. You can expect that your feelings and your thoughts matter, and that the person sitting across from you is doing exactly that. I've also learned that you get to create lines in the sand, as one counselor once spoke to me, that you can determine where someone does not cross and then instill the consequence as a result. But I've also learned for years after that sometimes I wasn't so much trying to instill a boundary line as much as I was reactively defending myself and reactively always means that you're probably hurting someone else. And that isn't the same as instilling boundaries. It looks kind of similar. And I won't deny that there is a certain point in certain very significant boundary-breaking relationships that that reactive defensiveness is instinctive and almost kind of required for another person to see, yeah, no, you really, really, really don't want that boundary to be crossed. But as time has gone by, I have recognized that I can maintain my boundaries and I am most effective doing it when I'm not reactively defending 
I'm also the most likely to be heard when I'm not reactively defending. I have learned that we can determine what and who to include in our lives. Just because other people around us say these things or these people are important for us to engage does not mean that we have to. We determine who and what we include in our life. And the last and most important element of learning to instill boundaries in my life is that I need to embrace who I really am to be fully, completely, vulnerably, authentically me. When I become more aware of who I am, what I'm all about, and who I want to relate to and what I want to do in my life, I am most able to maintain my boundaries. So how do you instill boundaries? My first thought is that you need to become more self-aware. To actually slot in time in your day, each day, to sit with yourself, feel the big feelings that we all do feel, and identify what are the boundary challenges, what are the things that need to change or shift. You cannot know what they are if you aren't being honest about what's really going on in your relationships or how you're engaging your relationships. So I suggest once a day, sit with a journal, ask yourself, how am I feeling? What are my real feelings right now? That means you have to actually accept them and say, it's okay that I'm feeling this way because you're a human being and human beings feel all the feelings, not one or two feelings, not just the happy content feelings. We all feel all the feelings. So first and foremost, we accept that we really do feel all the feelings and we accept our specific emotional climate that we acknowledge that we really do feel all the feelings and we pay attention to them too. We give them time and space and we become aware of who we really are emotionally. What is our actual climate, our emotional climate right now? So check in with yourself. Learn more about your emotional climate. The second thing we could do to instill boundaries is to listen to others to get really curious and listen to their subtext. So listening to others helps us understand how we're relating to others, what our expectations are, what other people's expectations are of us. The second thing I think we can do to instill boundaries is to be still. Some people would call it meditating or being mindful. There is something that happens in your brain when you meditate, when you sit quietly doing breathing exercises or grounding exercises, seeing what you see, feeling what you feel, smelling what you smell, tasting what you taste, hearing what you hear, and identifying those different senses. That's known as a grounding technique. When you are practicing being still, there is something that reorders in your brain got to try it to know this, but it's proven by science. It's not just my personal opinion. And if you're one of those people that said, I cannot meditate because it somehow it runs counter to my religious background, then I would just remind you that you can be still 
that's your goal. Breathe quietly. Identify what's going on around you, what you're feeling, hearing, tasting, smelling. You can also learn to make yourself accountable in exploring your boundary issues with an objective outsider. It could be me as your homeschool mama mentor or a therapist or a counselor. Someone outside of you that can help to identify what your challenges are or more importantly, pull out from you who you really are, what you're really all about and how you want to show up in relationships, how you want to instill boundaries or gain clarity on what boundaries you need to instill. You can create accountability with someone and grow alongside an objective someone. Brené Brown reminds us that daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. If you want to listen to another podcast that I discuss building boundaries and requiring time for ourselves, episode 27 with Stacy Wilson was a great episode to explore all those things. Stacy Wilson is a full-time homeschool mom of five and she works full-time at home. She's also a fitness and wellness coach. It was a very engaging conversation. I also had an interesting conversation with Pat Fenner from Breakthrough Homeschooling, and we talked all about the homeschool mom identity. And last season, season one, I had a discussion with Julie Bogart on how to homeschool and find your homeschool mama thing. I'm looking for five, maybe six homeschool moms that would like to work alongside me to build boundaries in their homeschools. This is a beta student opportunity, which really means it is a course that I am building alongside these five or six homeschool moms, getting feedback from them in their practical homeschool worlds, and creating an online course for other homeschool moms in the future. What it'll practically look like is four weeks of online courses and meeting virtually with me once a week to discuss the content and how it applies in their real homeschool mom lives. So if you're interested, you can email me at TeresaWiedrich at Outlook.com. T-E-R-E-S-A-W-I-E-D-R-I-C-K at Outlook.com. The boundaries that you maintain around your energy, your needs, and your goals will help you maintain your peace, your quiet, your cleanliness, and your organization. And when your needs and goals are met, you have energy and mental space to extend nurture to those around you too. To nurture the nurturer. I would love to learn more about who you are So introduce yourself at the Homeschool Mama self-care Instagram page or the Facebook group, the Homeschool Mama support group, so we can support and encourage each other in our homeschool challenges. While you're there, you can check out my book of homeschool encouragement, Homeschool Mama self-care, Nurturing the Nurturer. If you're a homeschool mama looking for a mentoring group to gain clarity, confidence, and vision in your homeschool, to create a plan to nurture the nurturer, and be intentional in how you show up in your homeschool, ask me about the Homeschool Mama Retreat. All the show notes and links to this episode will be found at www.capturingthecharmlife.com.